I'm gonna go ahead and hit record right here. Anybody want to host? I'm sick. Joey's hungover. <laughs> I'm having a hard time sitting up, bro. I feel like that's being a prank. Have you been day drinking today? Or you're just still hungover from last night. Yeah. Well, I popped a beer this morning to celebrate, and but yeah. At eight. Yeah. Eight fifteen. Eight fifteen. Did you sleep at all last night, knowing that that big news no, is coming your way? I, I stayed up trying to forget about it. Eventually. Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed audience, uh, we have an important announcement to make. Joey has passed his examination exam. No, certification exam. My examination, examination exam. exam. It's a test it's about <laughs> other tests. <laughs> See how good you are knowing your tests. Uh, it's a, That's like a Jeopardy category. Like <laughs> tests about tests. It's for the Test Makers Alliance of America. Anyways, uh, we are on 27, mm-hmm. correct? Episode 27. I guess I'll be the host. Excuse my... Do I sound nasally tonight? You do. I do. But you kind of sound nasally okay. most times. Like I know. Me and you I'm are very, very nasally people. Nasally. Both of us. Um, but anyways, I guess we'll go ahead and get started with a good die roll. <clears throat> uh, well, with me tonight is Joey. Hello. Russell. Hello. And myself, Billy. Uh, Robbie is not here with us. He has not responded to any of my messages. I'm hoping he's not dead in this <laughs> He apartment. said he had to write a paper, I think. Oh, so you did talk to him today? No, that was yesterday. Okay, yes. well, he might. Anyways, we'll find out. Stay tuned, audience, for our <laughs> Where's Rob mystery of the night. Uh, you can tell how great friends we are. Anyways, um, no, you know, with Rob being up there in Conway going to school, it gets hard to synchronize our, our schedules a little bit, so uh, we'll give him a pass on this one. He should be that probably for spring break, I figure. Yeah, I think he's kind of back and forth on whether or not he needs to work. Wasn't uh, that a deal? He yeah, didn't know if he had to work or not. Um, but anyways. All right, let's give a good die. Our our trusted colleagues, they've seen us three, well, what, two years now? Is it the same die? Is this a it's year? close. Or two years? It's almost two. It's two in May, isn't it? It's going to be two. Yeah, yeah holy We moly. started doing this after, I, mean, I was back. It's 20, been, yeah, it's been a 2015 is when we started, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. I feel <laughs> this is old for podcasts now to make yeah. it almost two years. Well, you got to figure we're on 27, but that doesn't include the half episodes. Yeah. And there's not, you know, we haven't done 54 episodes, but we're getting close because, right. you know, for a while there we didn't do the half episodes. We're getting close to 54, so... You double that because we do it every other well, week. Well, you know, we messed up. It's 102 weeks. We messed up on our, our numbering system. So what I'm thinking is we needed to scrap Chance nope. Conversation, start over at <laughs> one, right? Nope. And then we can just move on from there. I'm getting a big note from uh, Russell, so we're going to – he's put too much work into this. This, scrap this is our legacy. No, we'll, we'll keep a Chance, pod, people a chance Conversation it. in the iTunes and whatnot, so I, people can go back. I bake on the fact that after we're long gone and dead, maybe in 200 years, like this would be like something really popular with like the kids. Like Yeah. We'll be big like well, Poe. Yeah, we'll be like, you know, basically kind of like Mona Lisa sort of kind of situation. Yeah. I, I concur. You know, you never know. In 300 years, people might be listening to this podcast <laughs> and saying, look at these wise... Uh, their comedy's their comedy's timeless. <laughs> <laughs> the comedy's timeless. It's a classic. They refer to chance conversation as a classic podcast for the ages. I'm a uh, <laughs> Russell's having troubles over here. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that 300 years from now, nobody is listening to this. <laughs> if there's anybody listening to this 300 years from now, which if I'm at, I, I can't think straight tonight either. We're all just a little bit off. For some reason, <laughs> this is going to be a great show. Okay, 
Let's say we're in 2017. That's 2317 is what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. If you're in the year 2317 and you're listening to this podcast, I want you to look up any of our descendants and they will give you a hundred, the equivalent of a hundred dollars, yeah. whatever unit of currency. We're, seashell. We're back to seashells. Right, right, yeah. Uh, you're, you probably listen to board a uh, Enterprise style well, what, spaceship. What we need to do then, gentlemen, is we need to make sure that all of our podcast episodes get translated over to either vinyl or uh, eight track, eight track, set. Oh yeah, because that probably come back in style. That way, if digital dies, <laughs> you don't have to go back to the old gramophone. <laughs> Some wax cylinders. Wax cylinders. <laughs> No, you know, that, that's something that we talk about, like, with the, the question of whether or not we'll see the death of digital. Like, that'll probably be what we see with the next big war is the death of di- They'll find a way to shut down the internet. Something will happen, you know, digitally. EMPs, whatever the case is. <laughs> It'd be fought during the meme wars in 2317. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, let's give the, die, give the die a good roll here to get our night started. We're starting on such a happy note. Really? Uh, well, Four, five, and a four. What is a four? Wild cards? We roll four. Guys, we don't really we have... We roll the four. Yeah, four is a wild cards. Four we only again. have two cards. Six. Well, we're only going to do two questions then. All righty then. Six. Well, let's get started with the two questions. Um, I'm hosting, <laughs> so I'll let, uh, I'll let Joey ask one, and I'll let Russell ask the other. Russell's uh, knee-deep in pizza. Yeah, I'll here. go first. Before we get started, no, let's, because we only have two questions now. Gotcha. Ask him for more. Yeah. Yes. We need more okay, questions. Never mind. Okay, Billy's not getting it. Well, <laughs> no, we, need, we need more questions. Wild so, card questions. Wild, qu- questions them. to put mail into them. our wild card hat. What's your mailing address? What's your big address? <laughs> 7221. <laughs> you can either email it to a chance conversation at gmail.com. You can post it on our Facebook page, which is what again? Facebook.com slash podcast ACC. Facebook.com. Docscom. Docscom. Uh, Facebook.net forward slash. Or you can tweet us. We're at podcast ACC on Twitter. Uh, we need more questions, guys. Please. We're out. This is the last two in the hat. From here on out, we're just going <laughs> to point to words in the dictionary to make our sentences. Uh, let's see. Mine says, if your life was a TV show, what TV show would it be? My life. Is this is this different from like if we wanted our life, if we wanted to live in a TV show? I guess it's basically asking what you think, what do you consider your life like? Oh, what a TV, TV yeah. show. Was an accurate representation of your life? Yeah. Now, My life now. In the form of a pre-existing TV show. It's my interpretation. Yeah. I, I, mine's definitely got some parts of It's Always Sunny in it with the friends I have. Um, <coughs> I don't know any TV shows where the lead guy has really bad anxiety, but I don't think of any. Monk. Monk. <laughs> yeah. I've always assessed, and the older I get, the more and more I associate with Everybody Loves Raymond. That is you. That is you and Kim. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I think that would be, and I always I always say that because I'm my middle name is Raymond, my brother's name is Robert. He's the <laughs> younger brother, but also the taller brother. Yeah, that like lives at home with the parents. Doesn't he live at home with the parents? Yeah, 
Yeah, it's on and off, maybe. Uh, yeah, here and there. He's, here and there. In some episodes, he's got an apartment. Wasn't he a cop, too? Yep. Like a security guard he or a cop? cop? Now, so, my mom thinks that the show that I remember is that one with Doug and Carrie on it. Uh, King of Queens. King of Queens. Yeah, that, my mom says that that's me, which I take offense to. <laughs> Russell? I don't know. You might have to help me out here. What's... I don't know. what. I've never been around Russell in a normal day. That is pretty boring. It is boring. Man, that's a tough one for you. It's going to be a lot of dead air here. (laughs) What do you think, Billy? Because I can't think of one off the top of my head. Your show? What's the saddest? No. That's the most depressing show I can think of. It's a sad life. It's a soap opera. No, I don't. I don't know, Russell. Uh, just like a normal dude. Man. Do you feel like your parks and rec at the city council meetings? Any? I'm trying to think of different elements because there's no show that fully encapsulate encapsulates the man that is. Yeah. Russell Hatridge. Any shows about runners? Ro- Rob would definitely be some British TV comedy. Yeah. But Russell. I feel like you have to pick an element of Russell's life and then like focus on that element. You can't really <laughs> encapsulate his entirety. Yeah, I don't know. I, I will say I've always, and I don't know if this is a, a two I, to... I got it. I got it. Okay. <laughs> and y'all won't get it, but there was a show back in like the late 80s, early 90s called Perfect Strangers. Mm-hmm. I heard of it. Which is not an exact parallel, but what it was is there's this American guy, his cousin from a foreign I forget what country he's from but it's like a Slavic country yeah comes over and he starts living with him and so like I said it's not perfect but I think with me and Nick it's kind of the same thing it's, gotcha there's a communication yeah. barrier well, there and things are different for each of us and, but and we're I, still yeah. I was gonna say I've always associated strongly with the show Parenthood I don't know if you ever watched an episode from Parenthood but you know it's, it's like a big yeah. extensive family and there's a lot of different elements that reflect yeah. a lot of our own family members in a lot of different ways um, and like I said the, the show itself doesn't encapsulate like my whole life by any means but I do feel like there's some um, you know Joey would be the Dak Shepard character in the show who's like a musician <laughs> and wants to like do the studio absolutely all that kind yeah. of stuff you, know, you can kind of see that right yeah. like he finds out he's got a kid from like a relationship 10 years ago or whatever he's got to be oh lord for. please don't let that be true um, I, don't, I don't know who I would be in that scenario but anyways um, yeah that's a good show alright Russ what's all right. your question uh, you're on death row what is your Requested last meal. <laughs> I could not make up that word. Ooh, what is all that? Now, see, this is an important question to me. Last I... meal. Oh, I like so many things. I've got mine. If it could be what? anything in now, if if I'm bound by you know certain limitations <laughs> on what's actually possible, right. I'm gonna have to rethink. Well, but no, no, anything, anything, we're probably gonna have the same meal. <laughs> chicken fried steak. Mashed potatoes and yellow, yellow gravy, gravy made by my mother. Yeah, I, I have what to What is yellow gravy? It's like a cheese gravy. It's a cheese sauce. Oh. By about your mom? No, his mom. His mom. Um, ah. my, my nana. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, that would so be my pick. That would be my pick, hands down. Hands down. Because the sad thing is, second place would be firehouse subs. <laughs> my second place would be sushi. Sushi? Yeah, sushi would probably be up there for me. Uh, sushi and 
Maybe a uh, maybe a hamburger from Five Guys with jalapenos. Five Guys is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I eat almost anything though, so it's hard for me to narrow that kind of stuff down. Like <laughs> I, I really will try. In my old age, I'll try pretty much everything. And really, the only thing that I've consistently not liked is fruit. Yeah. Like bananas, I'm always like. Those look so healthy. They look so good. Like, I bet they taste amazing. And I uh, eat it, and I'm like, I just, I used, I used I just to love, can't do it. I used to love fruit before I'm allergic to fruit. But, like, vegetables? I don't eat almost any vegetables. Oh, what do you think about, um, like, Chinese food? I like Chinese food. Orange chicken is my jam. Yeah, I, I like, like me some orange general chicken. General salad, that good. Uh, yeah, pretty much almost anything besides, like, fresh fruit. I mean, I'll eat it, but it's not my. I like strawberries. I like, but like, I can't sit there and eat an apple. Like, I'm just like, just not for me. <laughs> I don't know. I like, I like me some fruit. I like bananas. I eat bananas want, a lot. You want a fruit tray? Yeah. Hey, they got an edible arrangement. One of my. <laughs> I pass on that. One of my favorite like meals that I re- kind of reward myself with every mm-hmm. now and then is. I may have already told y'all this, but it's uh, peanut butter toast with bananas. I don't know if I could eat anything that's green like that, though. (laughs) (laughs) Peanut butter toast? Well, you put peanut butter on toast toast it? No. You take a piece of of bread, you toast it. Oh, okay, okay. After it's toasted, you put Uh, peanut butter on it. Slice it up, or I slice it. Some people like mush it up. I slice up a banana, put it on there. Yeah, I was thinking, I was like, that don't seem like a good idea to cover a piece of bread and peanut butter and shove it to a... No, you do it. You do it, you do it after, Joey. And if you're really getting fancy, if you really want it good, you drizzle honey over that. Yeah, uh, my I guess my treat is sushi, mm. just because it's expensive. Like, I really don't ever get to eat real good sushi probably twice a year, you know, depending on where I'm at. Because uh, really, in our town, well, there's only really one place to get in my opinion, to get good sushi. <laughs> like, yep. I'll eat the other stuff, you know, like somebody wants to take me Oh, that's like, right. You had got a problem with that one place, don't you? Yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. We, we cut that out of that episode. Yeah. <laughs> I think I went on a rant, I believe. You kind of did. You went <laughs> off the rails hard. Hard. I'm much more simmered tonight. So we won't, we won't go down that road. I can already tell you, I'm going to be eating sushi Saturday night. All right. I am. Looking forward to it. What's your favorite sushi? What's what your go? What I mean, do you experiment or do you know what you want every time? A little bit of both. Yeah. I've got the old standby, and at that particular restaurant, yeah, um, the old standby is a salmon roll and a spicy crab roll. See, my old standby, I do the same thing. I get my standby, you know, my go-to, and then I try something new. And my standby is spicy tuna. That's the one I like with the, the hot yep. sauce yep. on it and cream sauce. Gotcha. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Oh, I'm hungry now. Yeah. <laughs> it's sushi, yeah. Well, you know, the fans are, you know, listeners, uh, this doesn't really pertain to you, but we got a crawfish stand at Ashdown. We did do crawfish one night. We do. Oh, I think the listeners will love here. Crawfish crack it open. Crack it open. my favorite shit. kind of sushi. <laughs> crawfish is good. But I also found um, a really good, it's not probably not anywhere close to authentic, and there's probably thousands <laughs> better. I found a really good pad thai recipe that is just so so good. Isn't it funny? There's no Thai restaurants in Texarkana. 
It's and you go to the big city, there's a Thai restaurant every other block. Greek right? restaurants. Yeah, like, it's just everywhere. I like to make it for for, for us when that. It's, okay. it's really good. It's like a crock pot thing, so it's really, oh. really easy. Sounds good. All right, moving on into headlines. Headlines. I've got one. I got pulled up here just to get it started. I'll get, 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 do some thinking. Mm-hmm. I found it thoroughly ironic. I love irony. <laughs> That's rich beauty to irony. Anyways, Wikipedia mm-hmm. has banned the Daily Mail, you know, the newspaper, Daily yes. Mail, as an unreliable source reference for articles after concluding that it is generally unreliable. So you cannot use Daily When you're writing a Wikipedia article, you cannot <laughs> cite quote, yeah. Daily Mail on Wikipedia for being generally, quote, unreliable. Hmm. Linking will still be allowed in instances where an entry is about the entity itself or one of its writers. So you can talk about it, but you just can't source it. Notably, the Daily Mail prohibits all of its journalists from using Wikipedia as a sole source <laughs> due to its unreliability. <laughs> so it's two unreliable sources. So they're just, saying... they're just quoting each other back and forth, and they're realizing that's not the most reliable way to report the news. That's so, it's like, uh, that's I, the culture we live in. There's now. so much fake news. It's, you go down your Facebook line, you see some of the stuff, so people post. I'm like, you know, www.anx.35.edu is not probably a credible source, you know, for your statement that, you know... Oh, the... The, the uh, Liberated Israel Network or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's a... And, and, I, and I know that I'm a little bit kind of putting myself in like a sheet kind of situation when I, you know, trust certain news sources other, you know, because obviously they got their own agenda too, you know. But like, my thing is like, if it ain't one of the big four, like, I generally like don't believe, you know, like I'll go check, you know. Or like, or especially like us in America, I tend to trust like you know bbc more than I do, you know, our, uh, our stuff I, I agree um but well, I, i'm sorry go ahead. i think it's like the meme and you know meme is kind of trivialized but i think i was reading this article on cracked about memes and how they're destroying the world <laughs> and it says ultimately because what memes ended up becoming is like a picture of a person and then words uh, that maybe the person said, maybe they never said. They're out of context. And it's like the absolute worst form of journalism, period. It's like the one thing you don't want is little snippets out of context. We've known that for yeah. the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years of journalism. Yeah. And yet that's what everything's been boiled down to. And you see people sharing posts of people who said this or that. And it's out of context. It's biased. It's blatantly yeah. wrong. And you see that with the Trump administration today. You see that with, I mean, fake news is the news today. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's because and people, people are not understanding satire either. No. And that's the, <laughs> people, scary, yeah. that's the scary thing is you see satire stuff. And I, I get tickled because I'll see the same post or it'll say so-and-so and so-and-so shared this post. And I'll look at those two names. I know one of them believes this and the other one knows that it's, it's <laughs> yeah, satire, exactly. you know, that it's not true. And it makes me chuckle, but then it makes me really sad because I'm like, that's not... And so much other stuff builds up on fear, which, you know, I'm a big um, anti-fear anything. Like, that's not the way to run any kind of anything. But, um, yeah, the idea that, you know, like the, what is it, Pepe Frog or whatever, it's like a racist <laughs> icon or something weird like that. Like, yeah. the way things develop, um, and a lot of that article talking about So you're about trying to say the meme wars are here. The meme wars are here. In but the other thing that it was talking about is how 
a lot of the memes, like your classic memes, were satire in and of themselves. You know, the Omegard girl? Yeah. She's got the Goosebump books. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, yeah. like it's the, that's one of the famous classic memes. Yeah. That girl was at a sleepover and decided to get dressed up and act like a dork <laughs> and make fun of dorks in the picture. Yeah. And then people take that picture thinking that she's a real yeah. person and tried to make satire out of something that was already satire and therefore unsatire again. All these like really dorky like family photo shots. Yeah. And like, oh look at this crazy, stupid family. It's when there's a very good chance it was staged, it was satire in and of itself. And you just see that stuff playing on and on like people see something that's ridiculous and think for a second that it's real or that it's authentic when it was either staged or people put it out there to see. But I got I got sidetracked there on the headlines. Russ, what was you gonna say? I was just going to say, but referring back to the original story, um, I don't, I'm not that familiar with Daily Mail, but every reference I've ever heard to it has been negative. Yeah. <laughs> every single one. I think it, I, I, it shows up on Facebook, but I don't know exactly what it is. I mean, yeah, that's my, I see the dailymail.co or whatever. Uh, yeah, I think there's also DailyMail.uk. Yeah, I see that one a lot too. I think it's a UK paper, base paper, but I could be wrong. So it's like a tabloid, basically. Then I think if so. It's not yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. What was that one? It's always it's like black and white, and it's always got like Bat Boy seen in Alaska or whatever. Not the Inquirer. It's like a like worldwide news or something like that. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's like world. Yeah, worldwide news or something. But it's just it's getting ridiculous because you see stuff posted and Russell and I have a family member that posts puns and satire all the time you know who I'm talking about and he stuff, posts stuff from the Babylon Bee quite often the Babylon Bee is like the Christian satire and it makes fun of like Joel uh, Joel Osteen accidentally says Jesus in a sermon and gets everybody riled up and all this stuff but it's funny because you go down into the comments and you see people get outraged by oh, yeah. a fake news story and it's just it was like that thing going on uh, around after the Super Bowl about Lady Gaga's satanic performance. Did you see yeah. that thing? I said, and I went to the actual original post of it. Was reading some of the comments. Those people are insane. Like they truly believe that crazy oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, and it's I don't know. It's the, the the fake news thing is is getting out of hand, and I think I think Facebook's about to implode. I really do because I was reading this thing about like the new social media trends and it's saying like basically everybody's jumping ship on Facebook because it's full of crap like it's not people are going to Instagram Snapchat like other things where it's like more concise people don't want the garbage that's getting filled in and it's getting full of all these people and dead accounts and I don't know oh I get at least like two or three a hot chick today want to be my friend yeah yeah those chicks don't want to be my friend. Change your relationship status to inner relationship and see how quick that changes. Yeah. And it's funny because those algorithms will play that, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do about the fake news. I think it's up to the education system to teach kids when they're in school how to look at news, but that's not going to happen because it's not in common I think core it's or hilarious whatever. that, I'm pulling like an old man card here, but if you had to tell me 10 years ago this would be a problem, I'd be like, what are you talking about? Right. Like, you right. know, this is like so... Well, 10 years ago, we didn't know what a meme was. <laughs> exactly. 10 years ago, 27, 2007, 
Yeah, Facebook was still a college yearbook. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how it started, right? Like yeah. you had a, your Facebook. You had, yeah, was, you had to have a college. Uh, a edu. Yeah, 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 edu. You had to be, and that's why it's called Facebook. <coughs> it's like yearbook. It's like you have a page, like you have in a yearbook, and people can leave you little autograph signatures, kind of like you do with a yearbook. And now it's so full of people who don't know how to use Facebook or don't know the content on Facebook, and mm-hmm. I, I'm not. It's going to sound so incredibly ageist of me to say it, but our older generations don't understand a lot of the lingo or a lot of what the etiquette of Facebook. And you'll see people who are, and all the good intentions, sharing things that are so untrue, so biased, so false, and they don't know it. Or they're, they're, the the thing that tickles me when someone posts as a Facebook post is a message to somebody else, but they don't know how to send a message. So they're like, Hey, I hope you picked up milk on the way home. Like, it's just a post, and it's not linked to anybody, you know? Um, happy birthday. I see that all the time. Happy birthday. It's just a post. I'm like, I don't know who that's to. But. Well, two things. Number one, speaking of headlines, I did hear, I think I heard it this morning where Facebook is, is developing a new algorithm to try to weed out a yeah. lot of the of the fake news. But also talking about that, um, there's a reason why the elderly are the main target of a lot of the scammers. Mm-hmm. And it's because they just have, they don't have, for whatever reason, they lose the mental capacity to detect Fox. truth from, um, yeah, truth from reality. That doesn't make any sense. Also. Um, truth from fiction, I guess yeah. you should say. Well, and it's, um, the, I think, and, okay, and it's, it, no, I'm just, just to finish that point, it, it kind of just goes to show you that the the extension of that is on Facebook, where yeah. they see these news articles that are from you yeah. know Rock City News right. or whatever the name is, or The Onion or whatever, and they're <laughs> I I kind of like it because whenever like Joey <laughs> says, whenever you see like a, a a story from The Onion. I don't even read the story. The yeah. story's not where the yeah. comedy is. The comedy is in the comments. <laughs> comments yeah. You go down there and you find the people that think it's true. And, oh, this is so... Well, and I think... I said ageist, so, but I don't think it has anything to do with age. I think it has to do with culture. You take an American, you put them in any foreign culture. The residents there are going to play pranks on them. Oh, here, try this, try this. It's so yeah. good. You try it and it kills you or whatever. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's super... <laughs> It's, it's super so hot, or you know, they like to make fun yeah, of the, the, dumb, the, the dumb American, right? Like they play on that. Or you go to like other other countries where, like, oh, it's an American, we can get them out of money, we can overcharge them, we can haggle them for more than it's worth. Mm-hmm. And I think you're seeing that with the internet. You're seeing these people coming in who weren't native internet users, and that's really what it is. The internet in and of itself is its own culture. Yeah. And you have all these new immigrants, your your internet immigrants, so to speak, coming in who don't know the currency of the internet, who don't know what a meme is, who don't know what how to look at stuff, who don't know how to post things, who don't know what satire is, or how, you know, you don't accept every friend invite from David Smith, who sent you eight in the last hour. Like, it's obviously not real. You know, I was going to make a point that I think the thing with the older generation, too, is the reason they get scammed a lot and believe this stuff is, I think our generation, you know... I can speak for myself, are just very untrustworthy. Like, yeah. we don't trust, you know, you know, you get an old person, you call them on the phone and say, hey, you owe $500, and, you know, you sound legit. They're going to listen to them mostly. What are we going to do? Hang, hang, up, hang yeah. up, you know, like, we, and, like, especially, like, online, like, I don't trust anything. Like, it's, like, backed up, backed up, you know, like, I don't. Well, and, you know, Kim has a coworker who 
order stuff all the time from these 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 crazy websites that aren't secure, that aren't mm-hmm. anything. She never gets it. She always back and forth. And Kim's like, I've tried explaining to her numerous times. Look for the little lock. Look for the HPPPS or whatever. <laughs> you know, like, and that's some basic internet usage things that you need to know. But not everybody knows that. Yeah. And for us as millennials or even Gen Y, no X, no Z, no. Thanks. Lost generation, <laughs> baby boomer. Even your generation, you know, who are relatively young when the internet came out. Like you, yeah. you kind of pick up on some of this terminology and some of this use. But there's so many people who understand that, and there's that they have said that that's one of the most defining traits of the millennial generation is a lack of trust in their elders and superiors, and because. Well, yeah, it's, in the internet age, you see the flaws of everything. Every, yeah, you see like, the fault in everything. You know, a cop everything. stops you, you know, like, you know, back in the 40s, you know, a cop pulls you over or something, you know, that, that's yeah. end all, end all, you know, like yeah. he's got a complete power, you know, which nowadays you got people like, why are you pulling me over? Like, I ain't letting you in my car. You right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't well, trust you. you. Know, you don't... I've seen what you do on the internet. So, am right. I being detained? Yeah, am yeah. I being detained, officer? Yeah. yeah. And you know, and I think that's the culture that we live in, where everybody's so untrustworthy or everything. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing necessarily. Um, I think we are creating people who can think for themselves a little bit more. Now, that might not be a good thing in a lot of circumstances, but I do think that you're not having people who are so. And this is—it's interesting that this came up because today, when I was at Pizza Hut, the lady checking me out was you know giving me my change, and there's this other girl working the window, but she's on the cell phone. And she puts it to her chest, like, this guy just called and told me I won, like, 2000 dollars at South School for Cruise or whatever. Yeah. And she's legitimately, you know, this is a younger girl. She's probably, you know, five, six years younger than I am, asking the cashier that's waiting on me what to do. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, me, I know, like, hang up. That's not a real, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I get offered a free cruise. I win a free cruise every other week. Yeah. Like, I'm not. But then I thought about it. I was like, you know, you've also got on the back end of that untrustworthiness, you've also got a generation growing up who thinks, if they actually call me and talk to me on the phone, they're probably official. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, really, nobody calls Because nobody either. calls in the house. You can go up to somebody's house and knock on the door and say you're so-and-so, and they're going to be like, oh, there's somebody in person. That must be official. Like, mm. you know, because I'm worried on the back end of the millennials as everyone thinks all the scam and fraud is online, mm-hmm. which is the inverse of, like, your... Your octogenary, your old people, <laughs> is you know Good they job. think oh if I go online it's just online it's on the computer it's real yeah the the crime is out in the world yeah. and I think millennials are coming up um, with kind of a different aspect of saying no the real world that's the safe spot like there's terrible <laughs> stuff online the real world's okay yeah you know it's the it's the difference between people who carry cards or cash you have people say oh I carry a card because if I get robbed. I can call and cancel my card. Mm. But then you've got a lot of people who use cash because they're like, no, if I use a card, someone can scam me and get my card information. You know, it's two different ideologies. Yeah. And I think we're in that transition between physical security versus the cyber security and understanding where that, that balance is and what is safe. Because it's not, ultimately. Oh, I have... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask, do you think it's going to reach a tipping point to where we start going backwards? I think so. I mean... I really do think so. I think we're going to get to the point, and I think you're seeing that right now with what they quote unquote call the hipster movement, the the nostalgia, the red like, the fair trade stuff, the flea markets that are popping up, or the farmers markets that are popping up, and there's big parts of inner cities all over the world where they're creating little 
gardens. The communities are like buying and trading services for goods because mm. like like they're done with this distance between consumer and buyer. And I think you're going to see it work retroactively a little bit. I think people are going to want to kind of get off the internet because of the fraud, the crime, the lies, or whatever, and say, no, I want to have a conversation with a real person. And I think we're starting to see that a little bit. I don't know what form it'll take, um, but I definitely think that that's something that we're going to see in the in the future is, is a little bit of backsliding. I don't think we're going to go into the Stone Age or anything, but I do think that you're going to see these little farmer's markets pop up, and I think you're going to see your return to like a general store. Uh, you know, Walmart tries it with the neighborhood markets, yeah. but that's a big name. You know, and a lot of people are starting to push for like, no, I want to be able to take take a handcrafted leather belt down to Farmer <laughs> Joe's and get some tomatoes for it. Like, <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, I'm working very low income rural Arkansas, and so some of the stuff has never gone away to begin with. But I do see a resurgence in like, oh, we've got fresh eggs. Oh, well, you know, you want to give me some fresh eggs and I can give your daughter piano lessons or whatever the case is. Yeah. You know, like you're starting to see some of that come back because it's a it's a more human element to it. Uh, the only thing I had for headlines is because international news. Oh, what's that? Bum, bum, bum. Is it from China? North Korea. That's my Kim Jong-un. I think Un's the one that's in charge now. Kim Jong Un. Kim Jong Un. Yeah, because it used to be Il. Yeah, Kim Jong Il. It's Un now, yeah. Okay. Well, his brother in law was found murdered in Kuala Lumpur, which I believe is in Malaysia or Indonesia. I I, I can't remember. It's one that he had fled the country because he was having uh, family disputes. What? Which, you know, if you're in North Korea, you don't really just get to leave. Like, right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess since he was, you know, somehow related, anyhow, he'd been there. Well, he was murdered by an international assassin oh. who was a lady oh. who apparently poisoned his uh, food somehow. So it's kind of like a real life, like, you know, kind of. It's international it's like, espionage. So it makes you think that Oom put the hit out, you know, like, and like the woman who they've uh, got in custody, like, very attractive. You know, like she's got, she's got like this typical like what you'd see on a movie like spy look. You know, like she's got kind of the the hair, the pretty dark hair. You know, with the big glasses, and you know, she's kind of got her handbag. And she, she had a shirt that said "LOL" on it, <laughs> like that was the picture they found her for. Like it was on a security camera, but like, guess he was like the assassin or whatever. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. That sounds a little shady, <laughs> does it not? Because yeah. how do you prove that somebody poisoned his food? Yeah, I don't know. I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's, there's something shady there. Man. I'll I'm try sh- to keep y'all updated on the yeah, story. Yeah, keep us updated on the story. You're <laughs> our official North Korean uh, correspondent. <laughs> I'm always fascinated with things out of North Korea, so this was... Uh... Very cool. Very cool. Um, other headlines? I don't want to talk about Trump. No. We'll save that to next I time. I could kill myself. <laughs> cabinet nominations. We still got to do a big six. Yeah. Big six. Oh, oh, no. We're going to talk about... Cabinet nomination. Oh, we are. All right. Well, hang on. Let me get. Let me get to a page here. You know, big six. You got to be. You got to be structured here. You got to know what you're doing going into it. I found a empty page here. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, and there's three of us. So two piece. Yeah, you look primed and ready to go. I do. Maybe <laughs> because Billy brought it up last time. And I just want to kind of you know, prod the bear, so to speak. <laughs> 
Uh-oh. And speak about... Um, Which one is all right? Oh, no, no. Ms. <laughs> no, please. please, no. Oh, no. Appointation, how you want to call it. Appointment yeah. to um, oh, Secretary well, of Education. Listen, I, had, I was having... I was going to have a good day in a second, but... It's a historical event. Are you aware of that? Because of the, you had to be. Remember the tiebreaker. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because by chance... Uh, was I, just, I don't... I didn't know that was vice president thing. I didn't know that he. Yeah, he when I when I am a sixty year old anarchist leading the revolution <laughs> against America, and people are like Billy Hatridge, what was the tipping point for you? When did you lose? It would be the 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 confirmation of Betsy DeVos. I just, as an American who really does believe in the democratic system, I really do believe that it's a fair way to to run a country, to give the voice to the people, to elect leaders, to make the important decisions. I I really do believe in that system. But it's hard. It's hard to put faith behind that belief when Betsy DeVos <laughs> gets confirmed as the. Well, let's back up. When Trump becomes president, no, <laughs> Trump. Well, no. Here, and here's here's the deal with that. Trump becoming president made. Yeah, that's, I know it sounds so contrary to what I've been talking about, but makes sense when you look at the American people and the opinions yeah. of the American people. Yeah, right? I can the see populace, that. right? Like that's what Trump. Trump so you're, saying that, you're saying that's different. That's, than that's no, that no. He's that's saying a person is smart. People are dumb, dumb panicky, <laughs> yeah. whatever animals, and you know it. Yeah, the Tommy Lee Jones quote from *Men in Black*. Yeah. Uh, um, don't say that because Rob's not here. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but no, I just because that that that's American people. That's your uneducated. That's your fear based. That's your your average Joe blue collar who wants his job back voter. Betsy DeVos. That's our Senate. Yeah. That's our politicians. That's the people that we elected because we said, hey, you know more about this than I do. And then they confirm a woman like Betsy DeVos who had – and it's not even the track record. If she had come into the confirmation hearings and had presented herself differently, I might have a different view. I really Still, might. Like, if she came in and seemed educated and knowledgeable and said, oh, guess what? I stayed up every night for the last month reading up on this, reading yeah. up on that, studying this, and I, I've gone to the public schools. No, she didn't say any of that. She came in. She didn't know what the IDEA was. She didn't know what's the difference between a federal law and a state law. <laughs> like, and the, the sheer fact that that is truth. That's not uh, fake news. That yeah. is truth. She did not know the difference between a federal law and a state law. That is <laughs> to my core and you've got the bear riled up you, you've got I think that's what you meant to do I'm shaking the cage but no that to me that sinks my gut I mean it, it just I don't know if that's the right phrase it sinks my gut but it sinks your gut it sinks, sinks my gut. gut but no I'm just like what, how and then of course you look at the this stuff's been going around the media and there's fake versions and there's real versions but the, the amount of money she donated to all these different Republicans that voted for you know her yeah. family and all this stuff and I'm like when you're that rich Betsy DeVos is not sitting there writing a check to Tom Cotton or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, like it's a family trust, and granted, she's the head of it, but yeah. you can't paint it out to look like she's handing these politicians money right out of her pocket. Yeah. I'll give her that. But I just, you know, I don't know. I don't see, I just, it, 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 it breaks my heart in so many ways when it comes to the American, American democratic system because. We have these senators that we elected to make these kinds of decisions. These kinds of decisions. The ones saying, okay, we're going to put someone in charge of education. She's never done it before. She's yeah. never had a hand in it before. She tutored at a public school once. Like, I, it just... See, I can't remember if it was in that uh, hearing that she had or if I heard it somewhere else, but it seems like I'm remembering, like, somebody said, do you think if you... 
wouldn't have contributed all that money to you know Republican, you know yeah. Trump. Do you think you'd be sitting here? Like, do you think like your qualifications alone without yeah. you know would have got you in this seat? You know, answer is absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Like we. Well, she just and that's that's my case is the confirmation hearings. She came across as uneducated, un and I don't mean educated like she was a dumb person. She's a smart person. You don't get to that point of being who Betsy DeVos is. By being a dumb person. I'm not yeah. questioning her her intelligence. What I'm questioning is her knowledge and intelligence when it comes to the public school system, which she has none of, and now we put her in charge. And the thing is, Trump said this in his campaign. He said, no, I don't have political experience, but I'm going to hire people who do. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not a politician, but I'm going to hire politicians to help support. Like, I'm going to, you know, I'm not, not be the one to know, but I'm going to hire people who do. And then when you look at his hiring, you know, like people who still don't. Like you know, how far how far removed from the presidency are we going to get before we have anybody that actually knows anything? And that's my only concern, Betsy DeVos. <laughs> and that's all I have to say. About that's that. all I have to say about that. It's not, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up. Well, yeah, I'll be honest. I, I generally don't. In the past, I have not paid any attention whatsoever to cabinet nominations. I couldn't name I couldn't name a, a yeah. single other nomination. I mean, I know there's, you know, more, but... But, I mean, due to the, you know, I did watch, you know, portions of the hearings, you know, where she was before the committee. Yeah. And it's just... I, I'm not even in... You know, you're in the school system. Right. And, and that that's that's your... Ballywick. Right. Ballywick, whatever the word is. That sounds um, like an old man word. Yep. Like a sailor mm-hmm. term. <laughs> right. And it's not... But even just from... Like I said, she didn't know what the IDEA was, which as a parent of a special needs kid, I do. Yeah. And it's disheartening that you're going to, even if you didn't know it already, she should have done some cursory research right. to prepare for these well, hearings, and, and which apparently and, she didn't. And, and that's my issue is, it's not that she didn't know it, it's that she did not make a priority to know it going into the confirmation. I don't care if she... She didn't have to read it front to back and know it inside and out. But if she went in and said, oh, the IDA, it's a federal law that protects students with disabilities, I would be like, A-OK, we're good. But she didn't. She had no clue what it was. And it was very obvious, the fact that she said that should be left up to the states, which seemed to me, and I, I listened to the conversation, that seemed to be like her backup. Leave it up to the state, like a state's right. Oh, yeah. Somebody coached her and said, when you go in there, just say, leave it up to the states, and you're going to sound <laughs> smart. something you don't know, just say, leave it up to the states. Yeah. And then she says that on a federal law, and they're like, you know, to call her out on it, you know. And she's like, I'm going to have to look it up. And my job exists because of that law. The IDA didn't exist. And that's where I'm That's where I'm stressed. I'm getting back on Betsy DeVos. I'm going to go on a tangent for a little while longer. But you put somebody in over the budget cuts for education, and they're going to look at education as a whole. And this woman is not going to be familiar with the IDEA. And she's going to look and say, we're spending $225 million, which is a, a guesstimate, $225 million on therapy services in the public school system mm-hmm. for kids with disabilities? That's not a part of the, their education. We, we shouldn't be, taxpayers shouldn't be paying to help a kid walk <clears throat> if they're in school. Like, that's not yeah. relevant. And cut it. We're being a supplemental provider, being a contract provider to a public school, getting paid through that program, which a lot of that bills Medicaid, granted, but... It scares me because having someone in that position puts a job that I thought I would have for a long time close, I'm not saying on by any means, but close to the cutting room floor. Saying when you start looking at budget cuts for education, 
therapy services, expensive therapy services for a small percentage of a minority of your student population mm. is definitely something that's going to come across that floor and say, what about therapy services? And that terrifies me because these kids need it. And that federal law is the only thing providing so many. I've got kids who wouldn't get therapy, period, if it wasn't for the IDA. Because right. I work in Southwest Arkansas. There are no therapy clinics. Right. They just wouldn't get therapy. They wouldn't learn how to talk. They wouldn't learn how to walk. They wouldn't learn how to write, tie their shoes, any of that stuff. And having a secretary of education who doesn't know what the law is just... I'm going to go cry. Uh, anyhow, I'll, I'll put one of them down for me. Speaking of all this, uh, sure. I did pass my examination. I know we said that at the top of the show. We're going to put that down for a six? Yeah. Good job, Joey. Congratulations, sir. I'm a... Uh, I'm dealing with a hangover I got last night to try to forget that I was getting my results this morning. And now so now I, it's on to the real world, huh? Yeah. Uh, he's got to get his license. Yeah. Oh. Well, my plans are this weekend I'm going to Dallas, so that's going to be a little celebratory, whatever. Then probably Monday I'll... <laughs> you know you have like a Thursday and a Friday <laughs> in between those two. Yeah, try. yeah, I'll do something there. Yeah. I would. I'll, I'm being serious, Joey. I'm being serious <laughs> now. Tomorrow, I would at least go to the Arkansas yeah, Medical Board website and send something in. <laughs> Mail something. Do something. Make an account. Create the account. <laughs> yeah, uh, Billy, you got something for it? Um, yes. We didn't talk about it on the podcast. Uh, on the podcast, we talked about it earlier. The Batman movie, the um, the 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 questionable outlook on the Ben Affleck Batman movie. Um, that Ben Affleck has backed out as a director. Mm-hmm. Um, he says he's not interested in directing it anymore. Uh, a lot of people speculate it's because he's unhappy with the script. He states it's because he wants to focus on the character and the acting. Um, just like I told these gentlemen. It's Batman. You don't really have a big acting range for a character mm-hmm. like Batman. Um, it's not. You're not expected to cry. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, but there's talks that they're completely reworking the whole movie, top to bottom, reworking the script, reworking, looking at directors, looking at all that kind of stuff. So that spells trouble. And like I said, there's been talks that they're they're waiting to see how Justice League performs before. Which the sheer announcement of Batman surprised me, following the the lukewarm reception that Batman vs Superman had. Mm-hmm. As, as kind of questionable as the ratings as it got when it came out, I was like, oh, I'm surprised they just jumped right on the Batman bandwagon. But, gotcha. anyways, that's my, that's my headline. Russell, you got something else? <clears throat> um, I do, and it's, it's just kind of one of those stories that just, I don't know, it's not a huge impact, but it just kind of stood out to me. There was a lady, her name is Joan Pick. I'm sorry. Her name was Joan Pick. Gotcha. She passed away recently. Um, she lived in Croydon, which I'm going to assume is somewhere in the UK. I don't know where that is. Croydon. She was 76 years old. The reason she popped up on my radar screen is she was a notorious runner. She ran. She was forced gun. <laughs> gotcha. Seriously, if she went anywhere, she was running. Right. And is that a medical condition? No, she just. <laughs> Well, it's it's funny you bring it. The reason for this is she decided in 1973, this is a quote in the article, that drastic action was needed to maintain the planet's resources and transformed her life as a result so she could reduce her carbon <clears throat> footprint as much as she possibly could. Hmm. 
And I okay. stress that because she had not, let me see, I got to find it. Um, she had only used a form of transportation twice since 1973. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Once was in an ambulance. She's being taken to a hospital. Right. The second time was in a hearse for somebody else's funeral. Wow. It's the only time she used they any form of motorized transport. If she Dang. went anywhere, and let me find it here, since that time, since she decided to do it, it gets worse than that. She didn't use like heat in her home. She like used as little right. energy as possible. She anyway. Uh, okay, there is. She had, does I'm, it inspire you, Russell? I'm sorry. No, it does not. Um, <laughs> she hadn't used any form. Well, no, that says any form since 19 of motorized transportation since 1992. So the two times were before that. Um, let me let me find it really quick. Uh, Anything going good with you, Joe? Mm -hmm. In the 16 years before 2008, uh, just, it tells you how far she had been, but not in distance. She hadn't been very far because, again, if she went anywhere, she was either walking or running. Um, no, you said she ran everywhere, though. But she passed away. Well, she didn't use, you know what I'm saying. She must live in a decent-sized town of everything for her to need. She didn't <laughs> really have been long, but that's for sure. <laughs> But she said that people would uh, come up to her and say, <laughs> people would come up to her and say how much of an inspiration she was for doing what she was doing. Yeah. But then she said, but they're still in their cars. <laughs> I just, you know. That is yeah. pretty great. I think it's a, a good idea going a little extreme, but yeah. it, was, it was very. Well, you know, that, that leads me to, I'm going to go on a tangent here for a minute, if I don't mind. Might as well. You know, um, Jim Gaffigan, he he talks quite a, or not, is it Jim Gaffigan, Louis C.K.? Louis C.K. talks about, about how our, our hyperbole of words, you know, when we say something hysterical, it's going to be chuckled a little bit at it, but it's not. Right. But there's a big thing about, like, inspiration, you know, and um, the TV show Speechless talks about this a lot, which features J.J., a character with cerebral palsy. And everybody comes up to him, oh, you're such an inspiration. And he's like, oh, I'm inspiration porn. You know, people get happy by looking at me, you know. But it's sad that we use the word inspiration so much. Oh, they ins no, inspiration means like it motivated you to go do something. You're not inspired by something if you don't do anything on it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a movie's not inspiring until you go out and you join the cause or, you know. That's why I don't get inspired. To the, to what was her name, Russell? Joan Pick. And it says here, uh, this is the, one of the things I was looking for. Um, said she had not used hot water, heating, or refrigerator since 1973. Oh. Dang, yeah. That's why she ran at work. She had to go back and forth <laughs> to the store twice a day. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. I mean, she said she's... You said she died? She did pass away. When? Um, did she get hit by a car? The date line on this is February 13th, so fairly recently. Mm. Um, so she only spent about, there's pounds, 16 pounds a year on electricity. British. That's what you got out of that story. <laughs> yeah, that, was, yeah. that is crazy, right? That is crazy. Running crazy. everywhere. You oh couldn't do that around here. You'd be dead. <laughs> you need a horse. Uh, you could do it. If you had a horse, yeah. I mean, Billy couldn't do it. 
I mean, y'all couldn't do it up here because you're further away from yeah. a civilized Well, you could town. do it. It would be absolute hell, but you could do <laughs> it. They basically have to the make your own agrarian society. In, the closest store is in Locksburg, and it's all uphill. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. if you had to, you could, I mean, yeah, yeah. you could do it. Yeah. Because, like, well, from my house, it's only five miles to Ashton. But here's the other deal, too. The True. more rural you live, the more access you have to agriculture. Or you can homestead and grow your own food and that kind of stuff and live. Because if you live in the city, you can't exactly grow enough food to live off of. So you have to go to the store. Versus if you live out in the country, you have the opportunity to to have a few chickens and some eggs and a milk cow and that kind of stuff. Sounds- Speaking of which, that's my second thing. Milk cows? Uh, no, chickens. Oh. Uh, last week, uh, I caught a rogue rooster that was in our yard. Rogue rooster. <laughs> yeah. With a uh, rake and a cat carrier. Good job. And relocated him. Uh, it was uh, Billy froze up. Apparently, he's got a thing with birds or something. I have a chicken. Oh, well, I have a bird phobia. I don't know if you know that about me. I did not know that. I allergic to bananas, and you have a bird. Phobia. I have a bird. I have, a, I have two phobias. I have a. I have a legitimate snake phobia. No, I say I'm terrified of snakes. Like what? I can what? see one on TV and be like, "Oh, it's a snake." But like Joey seen like when he went to that. What did he call it? The reptile house at the zoo? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can do this. I can do it. But I started like, my, my palms got cold and sweaty. I started like having an anxiety attack just being in the room. Really? with the, like I can't do snakes. Well, he about to do the same thing with that chicken. Chickens terrified me. I had a nightmare when I was a child that my neighbors back behind my parents' house had chickens in the yard. And I had a nightmare where I was walking up to the house and the chickens flipped in my face and clawed my face completely down to the bone. <laughs> and so to this day... so. Kind of like Batman. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's Batman. I, should, I should be Chicken Man. Um, and it didn't help that Nana had that goose. Oh, yeah. Oh, I hated that goose. She had a goose that she raised from like, after? a baby, and it would chase after anybody. Well, it's funny that no, you, uh, Kim, I don't know, Kim might have told you, but my father had a, uh, he was frightened of large birds, too. He had, <laughs> he, he had a incident at a zoo in Florida when they were kids, and this was in the early Mid fifties, early sixties, somewhere around there, and he uh, apparently had some exotic giant birds out, and one got after him, and he never forgot that. Yeah, I don't, I can't do chickens, man. Uh, uh, I didn't really know what I was doing. They were just like catch it. I was like, I don't like to catch a chicken. That's interesting. I did not know that. Joe, is there anything that you're scared of? Dying. Life. Yeah. Life and dying. My anxiety all stems from like if I feel like a weird pain here, I'll. I'll sometimes have a legitimate panic attack because I think I'm dying. I thought about cups thinking, but like and just normal stick, crap, like I'm not really scared of. Like I don't mind snake spiders, even though I got bit by a spider and it nearly killed me. Yeah, that's still insane. Not, I'm still not afraid of spiders, you know. Like, I get a little panicky flying, but I think it's more the dying thing. It's not really the uh, claustrophobia. That brings me to an argument I had with Kim, <laughs> and she'll kill me, but she likes to the podcast. On our um, wedding shower, they had this couples game where you had to like answer a question about your significant other, right? Yeah. The question was to me about Kim: What animal am I most afraid of? I answered what I know to be absolute truth: spiders. Spider. Yes. She terrified yeah. like, phobia, yeah. phobia of spider, like, spider phobic, like arachnophobic, for reals, like will like freeze up, just scream at the top of her lungs. <laughs> I was wrong. The correct answer was mountain lion. What? What? 
Uh, she's terrified of mountain lions, she said. That's what she's more scared of. Hmm. But there's a whole argument back and forth about how spiders aren't animals. I said, yeah, they are. They're in arachnoids <laughs> and the, the animal phoenix. Well, that was no, like me insects. that one day when I didn't know what an animal what was. What I, I don't know. Mammals or Mammals, something like that. Yeah. I had to explain. You see, <laughs> Joey and, and my wife, they they went to private school. <laughs> yeah. And to, to, to defend the, the anti-Betsy DeVos <laughs> argument that I have, not all private schools have a higher educational standard no. than the public school system. They do not. Um but I had like explained to both of them numerous times that you like <laughs> domains and kingdoms and phylums and genuses and species and like how certain things are birds and spiders and insects. Like these are all animals. They're not plants or bacteria. I said a bird was a mammal. I thought a bird was a mammal and it wasn't. Bird, no, yeah. It's I, a bird. Yeah. We're mammal. Anyways. I've got it now. <laughs> to round us off, um, Kim and I went to see a movie last night called Split. Um, if you've been watching trailers and stuff, you've probably seen it. James McAvoy plays a uh, a man with multiple personality disorder, disassociative identity disorder. Let me use the politically correct yeah. DSM five terminology. <laughs> um, it was an incredible movie. It's an M Night Shyamalan film, which, and I was telling the guys too, it reminds me of his earlier, like Sixth Sense, um, Unbreakable, Signs, like the earlier where it's so fo- story focused and. It was it was an incredible movie. Um, if you're a fan of suspense, thrillers, movies with huge twists, uh, definitely check it out. James McAvoy he deserves a an Oscar. The the characters that he portrays, the way he carries it's not just facial; it's the way he carries himself, and like he looks like a different person, like Whatever, yeah. his, his musculature and his stance and his posture and all this stuff. It blew me away. Um, and I know I get a little uh, hyperbole on. It was inspirational. It was not inspirational. Yeah. I did not want to go uh, round up any young girls. You mean to tell me that guy in the hairpiece the whole time was Bruce Willis? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned the Oscar. They don't do a whole lot of Oscars for like suspense and stuff, horror and suspense. Or it's always movies. some historical movie. It's dramas. Or some dramas indie, are the dramas yeah. are the only movies that get because you don't see action movies. You don't see. You know, there's a big push for like I think uh, Deadpool. Well, no, Mad Max was the big one. Yeah. Because, like, that was, like, rated super high, you know, by critics there. Yeah. That was an action movie, but, you know, I think it did win it a few yeah. Oscars. Well, and usually when you see action movies, they get a lot of Oscars and awards. They get it not for the acting, but they get it for, like, the cinematography and special yeah. effects. Or, yeah. <clears throat> which leads me to this question. I'm going to bring this. You really don't. Um, this question up to y'all for y'all to debate while I'm getting ready to this. Um,. I forgot the guy's name now. The the motion actor, the mocap actor that did Gollum and Caesar. Andy Serkis. There's a lot of questions whether or not digital or mocap actors should be a category in the Oscars. Because there's so much of it now with green screen turned on. What do y'all think? Do you think he deserves an Oscar? Do you think he needs to go into an acting with like best actor? Or do you think it needs to be its own category? Go. I don't know. I mean, he basically is acting when he's doing it. You know, like, you see the behind the scenes. You're like, he's going through all the motions, you know, kind of like, but I don't know. That's an interesting point. Because I know what Benedict Cumberpatch was the dragon. Yeah. In, uh, Smaug. Smaug, yeah. Smaug. Smaug. I hate the way they say that. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't think. Well, and it's funny you mentioned that because that was part of the conversation that I was telling you about the nerdist. Uh, podcast interview with uh, Alan Tudyk, who played uh, a droid in the new Star Wars film, Rogue One. Mm. Yeah, I watched Rogue One. You, okay, the 
What's the name? Aris Diaz. Yeah, yeah, the main robot. What's his, what's his name? I'm blanking on the name of the robot. Is what? Have you seen Rogue One? Yes. The android, the... K... K2SO, thank you. K2SO, yeah. I knew there was some... Acronyms. Anyway. Numbers. Alan Tudyk played that character. Right. voiced that character. But from... And I learned this listening to his talk with Chris Hardwick. He actually, when they're filming, he's on the set performing the motions of the character. He's like on stilts. He's like yeah. kind of doing a mocap, except it's not really mocap. Right, right. But, I mean, so he's actually acting, and but all you ever really see is his, you know, see. All you ever know of him is his voice. Right. So this is an interesting question. I don't know if I have a good answer for you. You know, it's like, um, well, to me, I was, after watching all these Avengers movies and stuff, you know, Jarvis, you know, the Iron Man yeah. system. You find like actually the actor who does that voice, voice is yeah. the face they put on, you know, when Jarvis's brain gets stuck in the dude vision. Vision, yeah. yeah. And like it was funny after seeing his face, it's like, oh, that's that guy. You know, like I do, I oh, recognize that voice. Yeah. But then when I saw him, I was like, oh, Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany is amazing. And you know, it's funny when you listen to like the earlier interviews where he was talking about how he got cast as Jarvis, and he was excited to get to play like a British butler kind of character, and then they told him, oh no. It, it's going to be an AI. You're just going to be a voice. You're not going to actually be in any of the movies. So it's kind of a big moment for him. What else was he in? He was in A Knight's Tale. That's what I was thinking about, Knight's Tale. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the big one I was... Sean Gunn. And he was also in, I'm sorry, A Beautiful Mind. I don't know if you ever saw that. It was Russell Crowe and yeah. uh, Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. He was one of the imagined people. That's right. Um, Sean Gunn, who is... Um, on Guardians of the Galaxy, Gilmore Girls, Super, uh, he played one of the Ravengers in. He's in Gilmore Girls as Kurt. Oh, and yeah. then he was in one of the Ravengers in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did the mocap for Rocket Raccoon. Really? You know, James. Um, James. Uh, Cooper. Um, Bradley. Bradley. Bradley Cooper, thank you. Bradley Cooper did the voice, but he did the. Uh, the mocap stuff. Huh. And it's hilarious because there's pictures online of like Dave Batista sitting there rubbing Sean Gunn's head and Sean Gunn's like in this green suit, you know. Yeah. But it just, <clears throat> I think we're at the age digitally where we definitely need to like re-examine your classic actor portrayals because we have so much CGI, so much mocap, so much mm. of this stuff going in. And when Andy Serkis can do so many different roles and play so many different types of creatures and voice acting. Yeah, but okay, here's the problem that I run into is a large part of acting is facial expression and and nuance Mm. that half of that is coming from a computer when you're talking about uh, Caesar in the Planet of the Ape movies or Gollum or something like that. You're not actually seeing Andy reacting. He's just doing the motion. No, a lot and and this is is the difference between a lot of CGI and it's it differs from movie to movie, but a lot of Andy Serkis is actual emotion. Like he's got the little dots all over his face. No, and no, he, I get that, but it's all coming. It's it's not the same though. Is is my point? It's not the same as seeing an actor do it. True. I don't know. I think I think the man deserves an Oscar, but that, maybe that should be mine. Well, it's like the I'm a horror movie fan, but like. There was the big, tall, lanky dude who played the hand guy in yeah, uh, Pan's uh, Labyrinth. What is his name? I know you're talking about. He played Abe Sapien in the Hellboy franchise. Yeah, yeah. he's always plays these. He's a creature actor. Yeah, like lanky. <laughs> he had some, he had a congenital defect, like where his arms were. Congenital. Yeah, that's the right word, right? 
Is yeah. that what he said? Congenital. Okay. Yeah. But like his arms were like super long. His legs were so he had like this almost creepy sort of slim man sort of look, you know. But he was in a lot of stuff you wouldn't even Doug, know. It was him. Doug Jones. Um and I'm looking him up Did now. He die? No, he's still alive. He's still he makes a lot of guest appearances on uh Face Off, actually. Um I mean, actor. One hundred and sixty three. Uh, things he's an actor. I'm looking up. <laughs> yeah, here. he was in a ton. Um, he's in a bunch. Of, I'm just, this is all stuff that hasn't come out yet. I don't know. I think it'd have to be like a technical award. You think so? Yeah. Just, um, Ouija, Origin of Evil. Um, man, Mama. The Strain. He was, he was Mama. He was Mama. in Mama. He was in um, an episode of Era Falling Skies. Um, Man, there's a bunch of stuff in here. Um, it's because he just has that really odd shape, you know. That people can use. There's it. stuff in here I can't. I mean, he'll probably if they ever do the uh, Slim Man movie. I Teen Wolf. guarantee you, he will be the guy they picked for that role. Um, anyways, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah let's, go on, let's go on to uh, our rankings. Uh, number six at the bottom. I'm gonna start from the bottom with my way up. I think that's how we need to do it. It's uh, Betsy DeVos. I knew it. Yeah. I just break this pen in half. Uh, number five is the possibility of Batman being scrubbed or reworked or never come or whatever happens to Batman. <coughs> the limbo state that it's currently in. Uh, number four is Joan Pick. Yep. I put her in there. Uh, very, um, I think the correct term is uninspiring to all of us. Uh, interesting story, but none of us are inspired to do anything about it, I don't think. Um, Number three is Joey's rooster escapades. Uh, rooster wrangler over here. I'm basically a farmer now. Uh, Kim was asking me, she was putting this Facebook post about Joey wrangling the rooster, and she goes, that's not like a metaphor for anything, is it? <laughs> wrangling the rooster. Well, the, 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 he got his hand around his neck. The, pro- yeah. the, the problem is there that I don't think you can do anything with a rooster without it being contrived as a metaphor for anything. But... Um, Number two, and I am putting this over Joey's Rooster Wrestling, but it's split. It was just an amazing movie. I really five, liked it. Five. Uh, not because I was in a fever state. You know how fever states do for me when I'm yeah. watching anything. I just pretty really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, you get wound up. Wound up. I was wound up Monday night. Anyways, uh, number one, Joey passes exam. Yay. I'm doing a dance for the listeners. <coughs> Joey is on one foot. He's bouncing plate on his head and playing the trombone silently. He's mounting, pantomiming the, the trombone. Anyways, um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we do appreciate everybody for tuning in tonight. I guess that's it. Anybody have anything else to add? I'm good. It's kind of been rambling tonight. But, I'm good. Um, listen, if you miss Rob, you can always send him a message. <laughs> Let him know he's loved. Let him know he's loved. You can send those messages to a chance conversation at gmail.com. No, can, no, put those on Facebook. Yeah, uh, fa- Facebook. Facebook them. Uh, Get him into. Robbie Gene Walker. He said his full name on the podcast before, hasn't he? Yeah. Robbie Gene Walker. You can tag him on our Facebook. Um, that's facebook.com slash podcast ACC. That ACC stands for a chance conversation. What? We never made that connection before. There might be some people out there who don't know that it's an acronym for anything. Might be pronouncing it podcast act, <laughs> but that is not podcast act. It's podcast a chance conversation. Listen, in the digital age, it's really hard to find like a good handle that's uniform across all platforms. If you do own chance conversation at Facebook, is that taken? Maybe, maybe not. Anyways, hit us up. I didn't want one that long. I tried to do. <coughs>
Tried to do on you? No, I just, I don't, I can't get sick right now. Why not? Because the race is this weekend. Anyway, but now when I was setting it up, I tried to do ACC podcast. Because that makes more sense. A Chance Conversation Podcast. Right. But ACC also stands for Atlantic Coast Conference. Mm-hmm. Like Football. the college uh, uh, athletic conference. And apparently there's an ACC podcast. So on one platform, I couldn't get that one. So to keep it the same on both Facebook and Twitter, I went with podcast ACC. That works. I think it was a smart move. Thank you, Joey. Bold move, Cotton. Looks like it paid off. And what's chance taken? Just chance. Podcast.com slash chance. That would have been awesome if we could get that handle chance. You think that was taken on Twitter? Yes. <laughs> uh, no, we do appreciate y'all. Listen, if you're a small business owner, if you sell a product, if you're interested in uh, marketing on our podcast in any way, shape, or form, uh, y'all make sure to hit us up at any of those platforms. We are looking for podcast sponsors. This podcast does cost a little bit something to uh, produce. Um May not cost much at all, but you know, if you're interested in having your product sponsored on the show, um, send us a tweet asking for a, a mailing address. If you got something you want to send us for, you know, whatever you call it, what do they call it? When I probably know what this is called when fan mail. I don't think they're going to send us anything. They're just going to have us read an ad. Read an ad. Well, sometimes they'll send like you know, Blue Apron. will be like, they send Marin stuff. We'll yeah, they send podcast hosts. Okay, all we're over. not married. <laughs> we're close. We're close. <laughs> We had a thousand downloads the other day. We're pretty darn close to Marion, right? Yep. Nerdist, Chris Hardwick. I mean, we're pretty much the same. We're out there with them. We can do a cross, uh, cross episode. We can host Nerdist and he can host Chance Conversation. Yeah, That's a great would, idea. That would be awesome. It would be incredible. Are you kidding me? Chris Hardwick, if you're listening. <laughs> Keep in touch, Hardwick. Um, oh, and if, 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 you have a, if you have a venue and you want us to uh, perform at, or if you do have a podcast, maybe there's another Texarkana in... Texarkanian podcaster out there listening yeah. to our show. There's a good chance of it. Do some um, cross-promotional stuff. Some cross-promotional stuff. Listen, we want to engage in our audience a little bit more. Just That's why we ask for the tweets and the Facebook posts and all that jazz. Um, yeah, so I guess that's it. We're going to sign off. See you later. Thanks for dealing with my nasally self, and we'll uh, talk to you all in two weeks. Thanks, guys. Later.